Welcome to the Code Chronicles podcast. Today's episode features Tracy Lee. She chatted with us about pair programming, using open source to educate ourselves, and the importance of bringing people together. Hope you enjoy. Tracy, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Um, you just want to take a few minutes and share a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name's Tracy. You can follow me on Twitter at Lady Leet. I am the CEO of a company called This.Labs. Uh, you know, we do a lot for the community. We really try to bring people together um, in the JavaScript community. So you can see us doing things like State of React, State of View, uh, Angular World Tour, et cetera, et cetera. So definitely check out, you know, our YouTube, our website for that type of information. But then we also are a 50% consultancy and growing, 100% remote and worldwide. So I love our global team, especially the cooking channel, like seeing what everybody's like cooking and all the different cultures that are melding together. Um, and we're hiring. So if you're interested in like working with a really cool company, I just love our clients like Cloudinary, Twilio, Roblox, Google, Facebook, aka Meta. Um, it's just a fun place to be. So yeah, definitely hit me up if you're interested. Awesome. Thanks for that. So I know uh, you were a co-founder for This.Labs. Can you walk us through, you, you said that This.Labs does a lot in the community and that's been a, a very core tenet of who you are as an organization. Um, when you founded This.Labs, was, uh, was that there from the beginning or is that something that evolved over time? Actually, it was the reason why I wanted to start this dot. So um, I've been an entrepreneur all my life, but I was kind of taking a break, learning JavaScript, told myself I would never do a startup again because startup burnout is real. And then like after about a year of speaking and messing around in JavaScript, I was like, man, okay, maybe I should do something useful. So because I love community, like that's where I come first. I was just like hanging out with awesome people. And I was like, oh my God, let's start something amazing. And that's kind of where this dot came about. Um, so I've always been very like, you know, community first, bringing people together. Uh, like how do you get core team members, for example, to collaborate? So, you know, I spent a lot of time like when, you know, Angular was still in their early days and spending a lot of time in Ember and spending a lot of time, you know, in RxJS. And again, just like kind of working with the different core teams and seeing who I could bring together um, to kind of share with each other. So I, I love doing that type of stuff. Um, and then consulting was kind of an afterthought, to be honest. Um, it was like kind of the way for us to pay our bills. But I mean, since then, you know, it's been many years now. So since then, like we've actually like gotten more serious about um, the consulting side of things. Um, but, you know, uh, I think everybody at the thought is very passionate about doing things for the community, educating the community. Um, our blog gets like hundreds of thousands of visitors a month uh, for all the amazing blog posts that our team writes and things like that. That's great. What do you personally gain from the education portion of this thought? <laughs> uh, well, I feel like if we weren't doing education and weren't helping the community, I definitely would not be here. So <laughs> that's like the only thing that entertains me and keeps me going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, but I, I, I think it's just so amazing, right? Like, you know, we, we don't realize how much of an impact that us as individuals make for each other, right? 
Like, for example, when I was first starting off in JavaScript, I was like poking around at Angular because there was a lot of things in alpha and beta. Like the CLI, for example, was in alpha beta mode. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot do JavaScript like without a CLI. Like it's just not a thing that I understand, you know? So I was trying to like hack away at Angular CLI. And because it was so hacky, like I had to like write a blog post about it or like the router, Angular router, they were actually switching routers. So, um, you know, figuring out how the heck to use the router, right? Uh, And writing a blog post about it. And again, this was stuff that I did, you know, just like, I don't know, a few months into my development journey, but it helped so many people. And again, I I feel like we underestimate how much just one blog post uh, can make an impact on your, the general community. So it sounds like as learning or educating has been a tool, not only for you to teach others, but also a tool for you to teach yourself um, or to, to learn more and explore things more. Um, do you ever go back and reference any of your old blog posts? Oh, yes. I mean, I think that uh, that is the best way. I mean, yes. I mean, I wrote the blog post because I needed to <laughs> reference them, you know, especially like Angular material when it was an alpha and like just so hard. <laughs> like, I mean, I needed steps, right? And I think that's, again, the beautiful thing about writing. Like, if you just write for yourself and you write like, you know, of things that you care about and that matter to you, um, that that's like, I feel like the most impactful stuff that I've ever done versus like thinking about like, how am I going to do this thing? Or I feel like, especially as you get more senior, you're like, oh my God, I need to write about something amazing. And then you end up like not writing anything because like there's never a good idea or there's too many ideas. Yeah, I definitely feel that. And I think there's been, I, I think this sentiment is starting to change a little bit in the community, which I, I'm, I'm thankful for, but it seemed for the longest time, there was this idea that if you're not an expert in something, you can't write about it when yeah. really uh, the the process of writing about it, A, it shares your experience, right? And if someone is, is in a similar point in their developer journey, it's going to resonate with them. But then also it's a way for uh, for the author, for you as the author to, to learn that concept as well. It's, I always tell people, uh, if you want to learn about something, go give a conference talk on it <laughs> because it, it forces you to become familiar with this material, just like writing forces you to become familiar with this material. And talking through it, like, I think it's, it's really interesting. Like you, you, I've paired with a lot of people. That's, that's my favorite way to learn, but it's like the people who can sit there, not touch the mouse and like be able to explain to a junior developer like exactly how the heck to do what they're, you know, what they're trying to do versus like people who are like, uh, you know, and then they like write stuff for five minutes and they can't explain it. Uh, educating really helps you become a better developer. And I think that's, that's like a good point, right? I feel like a lot of people miss that. Yeah. And uh, the going back to the pairing, that's, that's how you and I met, which was, which was great. I remember, uh, I think yes. you put something on, on Twitter asking a, a React question. You and I got connected that way, and we we got to um, walk through. Yeah, the, the the ability to just have FaceTime, even if it's digital in our current COVID world, uh, have FaceTime with another developer and and have that process of that rubber duck debugging or or just working through the problem with another human being. Uh, it's so powerful and it helps. Um, if you're the person who's working through the problem, it it 
unlocks a lot of things. But if you're the person helping, again, it, it forces you to rethink how you communicate certain concepts, how deep of an understanding you have, and it helps it helps drive uh, helps drive your education there too. So Tracy, if you could pick your favorite avenue for educating in tech or your favorite venue, video, blog post, what would you pick and why? Like me educating people or me being educated? Actually, both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like for me educating people, probably like a YouTube, for example, or maybe a blog post, it's hard to choose between the two. Um, I really enjoy both. But for me, I only enjoy pairing. (laughs) Like that is how I learn best or videos, I guess. But like pairing for me is like the most uh, useful. It's actually kind of sad because I do so much, so much less of it now, especially during, you know, because of COVID and all that other stuff. But then anytime I hop on the phone with like Ben and we like pair on something, I'm like, oh my God, this is actually why I joined tech. You know, like the people aspect and... Uh, the, the like community and the camaraderie around that and the people who are just like willing to help. That is what kept me in tech and got me excited about tech. So like when I don't have that, I, I don't get as excited, which makes me sad. Love that. So it sounds like you're one of those learn by doing type of people and have like a very specific question about a very specific situation and pairing helps you get through that. Yes, yes. I think it's quite difficult um, from an education standpoint. You know, I see all these people going through like, you know, right now 100 devs, for example, is such a popular thing to go through with the hashtag um, going through boot camps and, you know, people trying to build applications and, you know, build applications together. But um, I think that from an education standpoint, like the best way you can learn is just through doing. And um, I think I was talking to you, Shonda, like, a few months ago about it, uh, or at least you're in my brain for talking to you. I don't know who knows, but you know, you're in that thread of like open source is the best way to like educate yourself because, you know, you can join whatever team you want. You can, you know, code review anybody's code you want and, you know, who cares if they like you or not? I mean, you're going to hang out and, you know, maybe you'll become a part of the core team. Who the heck knows? But joining an open source project is very much like just being able to join a company, um, especially if you're looking for a job. And, you know, again, that kind of goes back to like educating the community. You're educating yourself, but you're open source doing open source contributions, which is in essence also educating the community. So it's kind of like it's kind of like a nice, I don't know, circle. Agreed. Yeah. And with open source, you're getting that. um that experience of working with a team that you don't necessarily get from other learning venues. And so I'm self-taught, Ray, I know you're self-taught as well. So I'd love to hear your thoughts too on um, the whole self-taught versus like bootcamp and things like that conversation. But what I do love about open source is that um, there were so many things that I overlooked as a self-taught, just kind of siloed engineer. in particular, Git and version control. And when you're working with other people, you get to see, okay, well, this is, you just kind of wrap your head around Git. Like, what's the what's the point of it? You know, you have like this main version of it, and then you pull out a branch, and then you fix it, and then you send it back to Git um, 
and the version's updated for everybody. Um, and it's so that you don't clash. But when you're working as an individual in a silo or you're not pairing, it's hard to, like, you, you have all the control of all the versions. Um, you know in your head yeah. that things don't need to be commented. You know, like, what kind of weird hacky things you did and where to expect hiccups and things like that. So I feel like open source helps to find out about all of those different problems that you don't really understand until you're working with a team. Yeah, I also feel like the the like all the little, you know, shortcuts that everyone has, right? Like, you know, what are all the little commands that you use, all the little tricks that you're like not using. And then by pairing with people, you kind of learn all these little faster ways to do development, which is really cool. Until you pair with someone who uses Vim and that just I just can't keep up. <laughs> 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 I'm impressed, but I can't keep up. I think, so the more that you say it, Tracy, the more I am sold on pairing as an, a venue of education. Like what, what I was thinking you were going to answer was just like video or, or yeah. blog post or something like that. Um, I never really looked at it as, as an avenue for um, education. How do you, if you do, um, how do you incorporate that in your education strategy at this dot? Well, it's funny you say that. We actually just started um, these monthly mentoring sessions. So uh, one thing that we're very big on here at this dot is helping underrepresented folks in tech, right? I mean, uh, just like helping people get in the door. You know, that's that's really a, a part of our core culture. So we have a monthly woman in tech mentoring session, for example, that you can join and just like talk about whatever, whether you're, you know, junior, mid, senior, whatever. Um, but we just started um, like Angular, View, and React monthly mentoring. So people can come and just like hang out and talk about whatever. Um, again, whether that's like, you know, you're trying to figure out what it means to be an architect and you're a mid-level developer or whether you're just trying to get in. So uh, we actually just had the React monthly mentoring uh, this past week. And uh, there was a lot of discussion around like state management. Um, and, you know, it was just like pairing together, right? There was like 12, 15 people in a room and, you know, we we're just like hacking away on a screen for an hour. So that's a really cool way um, to do so. And I really like the type of education on video where I'm just like hanging out and pairing with someone. So like, for example, um, I just released a YouTube series called How to Contribute. So, you know, how to contribute to, re I mean, Shonda, I think I still want you on for the React thing, but, you know, pregnancy and all that other stuff. <laughs> but, you know, how to contribute to like, uh, Redux, how to contribute to Angular, how to contribute to Blitz and Redwood, which are two very beginner-friendly projects, for example. Um, and just, again, like them showing and walking through, like, what does a project setup look like? How can you get started? Um, yeah, it's, it's stuff that I'm really passionate about here. One of the things I'm hearing that I don't think a lot of people think of is that educating in tech doesn't just mean one has to be kind of the, the quote unquote instructor, right? I think when people hear the term educating in tech, they think, oh, I have to go and, and put together a video series or I have to go and put something on Egghead or front end masters or create my own like so many people are doing these days. Um, whereas there, there is also very much a role of facilitator, right? Where you aren't necessarily 
uh, you know, you still have expertise and you, and you still um, are able to share with other people, but you're also bringing together people that can share with each other. And I think that's an important, uh, an important role and one that's not discussed as much when we talk about educating in tech. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think whatever you can do to just be around, right? Like, like, for example, like there is this whole subset of people who are meetup organizers. So Google Developer Group, for example, there's this like huge Google Developer Group organizer community that's brought together and, you know, facilitates a lot of content within their local cities. And um, I think that's amazing, right? Like you're just helping people learn. And by helping people learn, you're helping yourself learn too, which is also awesome. So I just, I don't know, like for me, I'm just very much like a, Ooh, that sounds like I could do it. Let me do that thing, you know? And that kind of led me to organizing meetups, which led me to organizing more meetups, which led me to organizing more meetups, which led me to like facilitating a lot of content, you know, and conversations. How do you decide on the topic that you're going to go with? Oh, that's so hard. Like I try to do things that I'm excited about, but honestly, like I feel like on Twitter right now, you just kind of like see what's, what's popping, you know? So like Astro is really hot right now. Um, I feel like Blitz and Redwood were like super hot last year, for example, um, yeah, I don't know. Just, you know, Turbo Repo is like, ooh, exciting, right? <laughs> so I try to do that. But I think um, it's interesting because, uh, you know, it's funny because you have like people on Twitter and then people not on Twitter. And like people on Twitter is like, what, it's like 10% of the dev community. You know, it's like not really that many people, even though it seems like our entire world. Um, but... <laughs> um, I don't know where I was going with that, but I totally <laughs> Where else do you find devs? Where are the devs for the uh, for the this dot community? Well, YouTube is an interesting place. I feel like there are so many interesting people, and there's like again a whole subset of people who like just learn via YouTube, for example. Um, I think it's hard. It's hard to find where people are because I think a lot of developers don't really know how, like if they're not educating themselves, they're not on the typical places that we know, like Reddit or Stack Overflow or Twitter or, you know, a Facebook group or something like that. Um, You know, how do you reach those people? Like, I don't know. But I think that's why like the Twitter community and like, the internet community of developers uh, tend to be better because like they're, they're basically the people who have like self-selected of, Hey, you know what? I'm interested in educating myself. So I'm going out and seeking those things. You, you've shared that, that this dot, one of, one of the core things that you all do is, is building community, bringing thing, bringing people together. What are some ways that individuals can be doing that if they're not a part of a company like this dot? I mean, I would just start. I mean, literally when I was starting, I would just like, hey, I want to write a blog post and I'm going to post it on the internet. Um, I was talking to this guy and he was like so excited about, I don't know. He he was trying to get a job. Okay. So there's this guy, he's trying to get a job. He's been working for a while. He like 
is not able to get a job and you know why right and i was just like well why don't you just like write a blog post or something and he ended up writing a blog post that was like number one or number two on dev.2 like his first blog post um it was on um design patterns i mean i could have the story a little bit twisted but like this is what i remember <laughs> so but what i felt think is so amazing about that is you know random developer never written before um you know is having difficulty finding a job and then all of a sudden has this blog post that people are like referencing seriously on like how to do design patterns well and that's like so cool right so I mean, it goes back to like, you don't have to be, you know, an expert, you don't have to be somebody who's well known or whatever to like really make an impact on the community. Yeah. And what I love about that is because I, I get a lot of those questions too, is like, well, what, what's the first step? Like, how do I get a job? Um, and people want to understand like, what technical thing do I need to learn in order? Like, it's like some magic key that unlocks the door to all the interviews um but either like one just putting out there what you're learning or learning by putting the thing out there it can reach so many people just you know it can be your first blog post um and i had kind of a similar experience with like twitter and um people just catching on to things that you don't really expect them to catch on to but it also opens up that community, opens up that network of people who can um, either take your work as like, this is something that I'm learning from, or, hey, this person is really good at design patterns. Um, I might be looking for somebody at my company who is good with design patterns, and it just opens some some doors for you. So it's not like, it, it's, it's hard to see the direct connection between um, writing a blog post and getting an interview, but that's always my my recommendation too is just like put put more of your stuff out there and um it helps to somewhere down the chain um somebody sees that blog post and somebody's going to want to interview interview you or somebody's going to find you on twitter and want to work with you so um it doesn't sound as intuitive but it absolutely works i think like one of the things that served me so well in terms of like coming into javascript <laughs> javascript world was just like I don't I don't know if it's like I'm naive or like I don't care or whatever it is but like you know you just have no no um maybe it's like no shame I don't know but <laughs> like I remember my boyfriend at the time he was like whoa these are like such cool people on the internet and I was like uh okay they're just songs Twitter. So then I was like, well, let me just like be friends with people. And then like, all of a sudden, like, all my friends were core team members of different technologies. And I was like, well, maybe I should learn JavaScript. And like, honestly, that's kind of like how my path got started, right? Um, same thing with blogging, right? Like, whatever, I don't care if my blog post is trash, it's useful to me. Mm -hmm. So what, you know, so you kind of have to have that like YOLO attitude. And like having that attitude and like not being scared, like, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, what did they say? Like, you, you need like 10 million no's to get a yes or whatever. I don't know. It's just the less you think about it, the better off it'll probably serve you. Totally agree. Yeah, I think it's 
like a little bit of what you said is also just being curious, like, you know, let me find out more about these people or this technology, or I have no real expectations of what's going to come out of this blog post. I'm just doing something for myself. And then it, things just kind of, kind of happen. And I hate to say that because I feel like it's hard to accept that, that, um, you know, maybe if I take this conference uh, speaking engagement, something will come out of it. I don't know exactly what that is, um, but I'm just going to do it and I'll, I'll do it for me. It's, it's hard to just, because it, you, you, it's not really a strategy. So um, it's hard to say, okay, well, I um, am going to do this with the intention of getting a job or building my network or anything like that, because you never really know what can come out of it. I think there's a lot of that aspect that you said, Tracy, is just like, I don't know what I don't know what will come out of it. I'm curious to find out, but I'm just going to do it and I'm doing it for myself. I think another thing about that is, you know, I, I actually give this talk called contributing to open source and like do's and don'ts. And like one of the most important things I emphasize there is just be genuine, right? Like if you're doing something for a particular reason, people feel it. People feel the lack of, you know, genuineness. <laughs> you know, in your actions. So like, if you're just trying to talk to people, because you're trying to get up, or you're trying to get a job, or you're trying to whatever, like, they're not going to want to be friends with you. Like, just show up and, like, be genuine. Because if you don't, then like, it's not going to get you anywhere. And it's going to come off very, like, shallow, in a sense. Um, and, you know, everybody knows that, right? Like, everybody can feel that. I mean, I'm sure all of us here have, like, had people slide into our DMs and you're like, ew, no, I don't want to be used by you. No, thanks. Yeah. And what I was going to say is actually right in lockstep with that. The other side of, of being curious, like you said, Shande, is uh, by putting yourself out there in the community, you're being yourself and people get to see who you are. People get to see how you think. And, you know, yes, to get a job, one has to have technical chops, but you're going to be working typically with a team and the people that are doing the hiring want to know what kind of a person you are, not just what kind of code you're going to write. So putting yourself out there in the community, writing blog posts, making videos, being on podcasts, it gives them a preview of who you're going to be in the job. And so it's it's somewhat of an investment. And Shonda, you said it's kind of hard to connect like the ROI of going to a conference um, you know, in terms of getting a job, but it's, it is, it's that investment of saying, uh, I want these, I, I want to make it easier for people to know who I am and how I think and, and how I can, um, you know, drive value at the organization. So we're getting to the end of the episode. And one of the things that we like to do, Tracy, is have uh, every guest share a story about themselves. It can be something something light, something funny, something about your childhood, something that happened to you yesterday, just something that gives us a window into who you are as a person. So we'll, we'll give you the floor and let you share whatever story you'd like. Sure. So I just had a baby. My baby is 12 weeks old. So I've been kind of like going through all that. Um, I will say that number one, you know, I somehow blocked out the idea of like having to be a parent after giving me a baby, like having a baby. I, I thought like, okay, I'm just going to have a baby and get it over with. And then like, here I go. Right. But like, nobody told me that that meant that for the rest of, you know, the next 20 years, I'm waking up at seven in the morning, like forcefully have to wake up at seven in the morning to feed the dang baby, 
right? So hello. Okay, parents, I'm not trying to scare you, but like take that into consideration, number one. And then also I didn't realize like uh, how much babies, how focused you can be on like baby poop. So my little baby, for some reason, loves to poop in the bathtub. And I thought it was normal, but like, no, I guess it's not normal that like literally every single time he gets a bath, which is every single day, he poops. And it's like, oh, how many times did he poop? One time, three times, five times? Did he just fart? Every single time he poops in the dang tub. I don't know what it is. Um, And then I also wasn't ready for like, like every time he poops, everyone cheers. Yay! What does it look like? Is it big? Is it small? What color is it? It's the most hilarious thing ever. So um, yeah, like for those of you who are excited about parenthood, that is my life right now. We were not ready for that story. I'll tell you that much. Just, <laughs> had to keep ourselves muted that entire time because we were laughing so hard. <laughs> I have tears in my eyes. That's so, <laughs> so relatable. Like, <laughs> and so yeah. my kid is four, and we still talk about poop a lot because now it's it's like, "Mom, I pooped on the potty," and it's just a really exciting deal. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I hope it stays exciting for a long time. And um, but I'm I'm glad that he's doing it in the potty and not in the tub <laughs> well yeah and then like you know we have a parenting channel and the this thought slack and like for a second we had a ton of two-year-olds right so like every two-year-old for some reason went through the poop smearing phase so like the whole parenting channel was just like guess what i have to clean up i'm like oh my god there's poop on the windowsill oh my god there's poop smears on the bed and then like they went through the biting phase. So I'm prepared for like all the kids biting each other. You guys didn't go through that, the biting phase? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Apparently, true. like yeah, in like daycare or whatever when they're young, like one kid bites and then they come home with a bite, and then all of a sudden, like all the kids in the daycare like start biting each other. And they like all go through that phase together. It's weird. I don't know. That sounds like how the zombie apocalypse starts. <laughs> COVID, COVID originated from a daycare. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's funny. I think, so my, my kiddo was, um, he was at home. This was the start of COVID when he was two. So I think we avoided, maybe we avoided that. Yeah, nobody to bite. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Uh, okay. Well, thank you, Tracy. It's been great talking with you, and I'm glad that we got to end it on such a hilarious note. Um, Lastly, let's leave everybody with where they can find Tracy Lee. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Lady Leet. Um, You can also just email me if you like. I like to say that this is how I make friends. Um, I seriously spend like 40% of my day like screening resumes. I we're really all about culture here, so like I can't like everybody's like well when are you gonna grow out of that as ceo like literally never like i have a great douchebag filter (laughs) so you can always just email me tracy at this.co if you're like interested in uh you know coming to work with us thanks again tracy thank you and thank you for joining the podcast thank you for listening to the code chronicles podcast Hosted by Ray Gisualdo and Shonday Person. See you next time.